welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 10th of September 2017, entitled, A Biblical Response to Gender Identity, and the Bible reading is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 and 20. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles, please, to Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy chapter 5. I'm allowed to preach a message this morning which is in the news nearly every day, a topic that's going to get more and more um, noticeable in our society, I believe, until the Lord comes back. And um, we're just going to read verse 1, and then we're going to read uh, verse 20. So if you'd like to stand, please, for the, uh, the reading of God's Word. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 1. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. Verse 20. Neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbour. Just read that verse 20 again. Neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor. Please be seated. God is serious when he gives his commandments. And this commandment in verse 20, God is basically telling his people that they not only are to speak truth, but they are also to live the truth. Those words that we speak to people are the same actions that we're supposed to live out to our neighbours, those people who are around us. And God says, verse 20, neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbour. God wants us to tell the truth to those people around us. About three months ago, I, um, it was about dinner time, about 12 o'clock, and um, I drove into a place called Warrington, which is not far from uh, Liverpool. And um, I drove to a, uh, like a snack bar. And, um, you know, just to get some dinner. And uh, as I stopped, I noticed that uh, there was this lady who was at the snack bar. And uh, she had long hair. She looked like, uh, she, looked like she, she was dressed for the office an office worker, okay. She had an uh, elegant, quite a tight dress, uh, just above uh, the knees, and uh, she had um, high stiletto shoes, okay. And I'd imagine that she got a few uh, male heads turning in her, in her direction as she was buying, buying her dinner. I got out of my cab, and I walked up to, um, to this food bar, and uh, this lady had a, had a dinner in her hands, and uh, she walked up to her bicycle that was actually on the floor, and uh, she did something that made me think, something's a bit strange here. She actually got the bike, picked it up off the floor, put her leg over the, uh, over the bar to sit on the seat, and I thought, this looks a little bit strange for a, an office worker, a lady. They don't usually do that. 
usually have a walk back to where they work or they get into a nice BMW convertible or something like that. But she sort of put her leg over, just like a boy does, and uh, cycled off back to work. And I walked up to the um, to this sandwich place. There were two people working inside and there were two customers. And uh, I heard them say, who am I to judge? And another said, as long as I don't hurt anybody, what's the problem? And then I started to put two and two together and I, I, I understood what I've just seen. And it was actually a man dressed as a woman. And you see what this person had actually done, it actually told a lie. Yeah? The way that this man was dressed, he was basically telling people that he was a woman. When in reality, he was a man. Deceived me, deceived people at the, at the food bar as well. The message this morning that I put together last night, and I've been thinking about this over the last few weeks, whether to preach on it, uh, and I thought, because I'd heard it in the news again this week, and I thought, Lord, this must be something that you want me to preach upon. And I've entitled the message this morning, A Biblical Response to gender identity. And it's something that's in the news at the moment. And it's going to stay here, I believe, until the law comes back. Um, do you know that it's reported that young people are confused about their identity? Children are confused about who they are. What's this disorder called? Well, they have a name for it now. Um, I don't know if um, Cherry knows this, she works in the NHS, but um, there's a gen it's called gender dysphoria. And gender dysphoria is basically the distress a person experiences as a result of the sex and gender they were assigned to at birth. And these are children, and they're getting distressed about their identity. Who are they? Let me just give you, I'm going to give you some quotes this morning and I'm going to give you some statistics and then we're going to get into the Word of God and see what God says about this subject. Let me just give you a quote from the, the Telegraph paper on the 8th of July 2017. And it says that the number of children being referred to gender identity clinics has quadrupled, quadrupled in five years years. Another quote from the Telegraph on the same day said that the NHS's only facility for transgender children based at the Tavistock Centre in London show that 84 children aged three to seven were referred last year compared to 20 in 2012 and 2013. That's a fourfold increase. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years' time? What is transgenderism? You know, it's possibly a new word that many of us here have not heard of before. Um, the Oxford Dictionary says that transgenderism is the state or condition in which a person's identity does not conform to the conventional ideas of male and female stereotypes. Okay. So what's that basically saying in plain English? It's this, that if a person is not happy 
about their gender, that they can change it. Either by hormonal therapy, by surgery, and a change of clothing. And that's what's happening today. There is a lot of money being spent on trying to change people's gender. Where is this confusion coming from? Well, I can tell you this morning that it's not coming from God. It's not coming from the Bible, the Word of God. But I'm going to give you some quotes this morning, and I'm just going to show you where this teaching, gender, transgenderism, is being promoted in our society today. And it's starting right at the top with the government. Let me just um, read you something that... Does anybody want to have anybody heard a name? Justine Greening? Okay, well, she is actually the Secretary of State for Education. She's in charge of our nation for the teaching of our children. And she says this. She says, men and women will be able to change their gender without a doctor's report and amend their birth certificate under new government proposals. And she's hoping to bring this in in autumn. At the moment, you have to wait. I think it's about two years. You have to be, um, you have to dress and you, you have to believe for about two years that you um, have transgendered. You have gone from one gender, from a male, if you like, to a female. And you have to get a doctor's uh, certificate to prove that you've been doing this for two years. And then you're able to change your identity on your passports and certain things like that. Justin Greening, she's hoping to get rid of all that paperwork and that thing that's going to cause so much time. And she wants people just to be able to change like that, okay? What about the schools? Well, let me just um, read something that came out of the Telegraph very recently. And uh, it was said in the Telegraph, and I quote, Experts have warned that the huge spike is in part due to the promotion of transgender issues in schools, which they say has encouraged them to question their identity and sowed confusion in their minds. And this is where a lot of the confusion is coming today with young people about their gender. It's happening in school because the teachers are bringing this subject, this issue, very early age, into their lives, into their minds, and they're trying to bring doubt and confusion. Children are not knowing who they are, where they've come from. It doesn't surprise us, really, because in most schools today, the Bible's not read at all. Evolution is taught as fact. I'll give you another quote from the Independence newspaper on the 6th of September this year. Quote, Schools, school tells girls, this is a headline in the newspaper, school tells girls to wear trousers as part of gender-neutral policy promoting equality. That's the 6th of September. All you need to do is to go on to Google. This is not the only report that you'll find. It's everywhere. It's in all the newspapers. Um, another place where it's been promoted is in what's called the LGBT. I don't know if anybody knows uh, those initials. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. 
And this is a group that is committed to changing um, morals that we've had in this land for hundreds of years. Um, and that's laws, that's right. Things that have been taught as law, that have been preached behind pulpits. Okay. Uh, this group is committed to changing these laws um, alongside feminist groups as well. And um, Joanna Williams, she's a lady, she's an author who wrote a book, and it says uh, she's a university lecturer, and she wrote a book entitled Women v. Feminism. And she said in her book that feminists were attempting to reshape school policies on gender, adding that children were being forced to unlearn the difference between boys and girls. So we see that it's been promoted through these groups. You know that it's all also been promoted through the police force as well. We live in Liverpool. This year, they had uh, what's called the Pride uh, Festival. It's nationwide. It's actually worldwide. Okay. Uh, we had it in uh, Liverpool. Uh, we were actually in the city last year when the event was on. And we were just in amazed to see that there was a group of police, and I believe that the, these policemen, they were from um, one of these um, uh, homosexual groups within the police. They were promoting uh, gender equality, transgenderism, and they were marching in this festival. And you know when you see police march, usually when you see them march, you see a sobriety, don't you? You see an authority. You see a seriousness with the police, and that's good. It makes you feel safe. But when we looked at these police, you could see that the way that they were marching was not the way that police that, that we've known march. You know, there was more of a swagger. And it upset me to see my nation turning like this. Um, in the Daily Telegraph on the 23rd of May 2017, a headline said, UK's first gender police officer going by names Callum and Abby. So the police force are also promoting this now. Not only the police, but the media. You heard of the BBC? Well, on Radio 4, they have a program um, that's called Gay Britannia, not Grand Britannia. Gay Britannia, and uh, this program has recently celebrated 50 years of transgenderism, okay? The Church of England, you might be surprised at this, you might not be. The Church of England are also promoting this as well. Um, this year at the Pride Festival in Liverpool, the Bishop of Liverpool is called Paul Bays, okay? I wrote a letter and I'm going to send it to, to him very shortly. Um, but uh, the Bishop of Liverpool was actually the patron of the Pride Festival this year. You can go on YouTube, you can watch a video of him giving his speech, apologising for how Christians have um, been against uh, transsexuals and, and homosexuality and all this, and he's apologised on behalf of the church. He doesn't speak on behalf of true Christians who believe the Bible. Paul Bez, remember his name, is the Bishop of Liverpool. And he said in a book that he wrote, 
he said that it's possible to hold a positive view of same-sex relationships while being a biblically rooted evangelical. That's a quote from his book. I don't know if you've listened to the news even in this last week. Anybody heard of John Lewis? Yeah? John Lewis is a big retail store, outlet. Okay? And um, in the Sun, I don't read the Sun newspaper, but uh, I thought I would just choose a a different uh, newspaper just to get a wide outlook. But it said on um, on the internet, on the 2nd of September this year, The title was Top High Store John Lewis Scraps Boys and Girls Kids Clothes. And what they're doing now is where before they used to have a section for boys and they used to have a section for girls. They used to have jumpers for boys, jumpers for girls. They've scrapped all that. And what they're doing now is going to put all these clothes together and they're just going to have one sign saying boys and girls. So they can basically choose which one that they want to wear. And when you're a child, you might not always know which one to choose. But your parents should, but unfortunately, they're not. And unfortunately, a lot of parents today are letting their children down. And they think that we have to be and go along with the times. But according to the scriptures, that's very wrong. Why are they doing this? Well, we could probably think of a few reasons. Maybe because of the people who are in authority. Maybe some of them have this kind of lifestyle. It might be for money. My guess that it is. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not only retail outlets, but this next one, this last one, may shock you this morning. Bible publishers are also guilty of changing gender. You probably think this is very strange, but this is something I've known about for about two or three years now. And um, what they're basically doing is they're bringing out what they call gender-free translations of the Bible. And one of the modern Bibles, which I used to use years ago, until I found out the problems that, that were in them, New King James Bible, what I did is I did a comparison of verses. And we haven't got time this morning to go through all the verses But if you have opportunity, you have time, you're interested enough, I would encourage you to get a modern version of the Bible, okay? Anything, New King James Bible, NIV, they'll all be the same. You compare them with a King James authorized version of the Bible and you'd be shocked. Well, I was anyway. Um, If you just turn to, um, I'll just turn to one verse, okay? But... um, what, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and you don't have to go outside of chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians, and you've got at least 20 examples of how gender has been changed in the modern Bibles, okay? Um, in chapter 1 and verse 26, in the King James Bible, it says, wise men. In the New King James Bible, it just says, wise Men has been taken out of it. Bible publishers, when they're translating Bibles, they're supposed to translate what's written in the Bible, in the Greek. And they're supposed to translate it over into the next language. They're not supposed to change it or give their private interpretations. 
okay? Chapter 2 and verse 4 in the King James Bible, it says man's wisdom. In the New King James Bible, it says human wisdom. Chapter 2 and verse 11, it says in King James Bible, no man. In the New King James Bible, it says no one. Chapter 2, verse 15, King James, it says no man. And uh, New King James Bible says no one. Chapter 3, verse 8, King James says every man. New King James Bible says each one. Chapter 3, verse 10 says every man. New King James Bible says each one. Chapter 3, verse 13, King James Bible says every man's. New King James Bible says each one's. Chapter 4, verse 3, King James Bible says man's judgment. New King James Bible says human court. Chapter 4, verse 5, King James says every man. New King James, each one's. Chapter 4, sorry, chapter 4, verse 6, King James says of men. New King James Bible is omitted. Last one, chapter 4, verse 14 says sons, King James. New King James says children. Can you see something is going on here? There is something going on. And I believe that there is an agenda. Now, I don't know the personal lives of these translators on the translating board, why they have done these things. My mind works according, hopefully, to Scripture. And the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of these Bible publishers and these translators look at what is going on in society and to be able to sell Bibles and to be sell lots of Bibles, they look at how society is turning and they will bring a Bible out that just appeals to what man wants. The Bible talks about itching ears. The men will have itching ears. They will listen to what they want to hear. And I believe that this is what's happening with Bible translations today, is they're being brought out to tickle the ears of people. People can hear what they want to hear. It's not like that in this Bible. God tells you how it is, and we need to keep hold of this book. It's precious. Thank God we have a church here that stands upon this authorized version of the Bible. Praise God. I don't know if you know this, but the word sodomy... And sodomite is actually being taken out of modern Bibles. And I believe it's a very important word because it identifies what kind of sin these people were involved in. I'm going to leave it there, but um, I'm just going to turn now to the Bible and I'm going to give a biblical response to gender identity. And I'm going to ask some questions and what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer these questions from the Scripture. And the first question that I have this morning is, did God make a mistake when he made me? Did God make a mistake when he made you? Because basically that's what transgenderism is teaching. Now, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, right back to the beginning, where it all starts off, and God tells us where we've come from, what we're doing here, and where we're going in the future. It tells you how we've been made in chapter 1. Look in verse 26. It said, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, 
And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. How did he create him? Male and female created he them. He only created two genders. He didn't create a feminine gender. He didn't create a third gender. He created two, male and female. That's in chapter 1 of Genesis. So God wants to tell us and teach us something here. Okay? Just turn to uh, chap- sorry, verse 28 and uh, the last part. Um, sorry, verse 28 and the first part. And God, what's the next word? Blessed them. He blessed the male and he blessed the female. He didn't just bless the male or the female. The Bible says that he blessed both of them. And if you look down in verse 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was what? Very, not just good, it was very good. So what God had made, male and female, God had blessed, and he said that what he had made was very good. Male and female is God's plan, God's design for creation, and he's blessed it. We know he's blessed it for procreation. We know he's blessed it for relationships. And we know that it's very good because God's word says it is. Amen? Second question, who made me? You know, we're talking this morning about confusion. And one of the reasons why young people today are confused about where they come from is because they're not reading the book which tells them where they've come from and who made them. Just turn to Psalm 139. What a precious psalm this is. Psalm 139. And the psalmist here truly teaches each one of us where we come from and um, the preciousness of each individual. And we see here, who has made us, and we see as well that we are to be content and we are to praise the God who made us. Verse 13, Psalm 139, the psalmist says, For thou hast possessed my reins. These are the emotions. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. That baby that is inside that mother's womb, the Bible says that even before it comes out of the womb, that God knows about that baby. It's possessed and it's covered in the womb. Verse 14, he says, I will praise thee. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This is not a mistake. And listen, it doesn't matter if a baby has been born with abnormalities, if you like, may not look as good as what we feel the baby should look like. That doesn't matter. God has created and made that baby. And the Bible says that we've been fearfully and we've been wonderfully made. Made by God. It says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And then he says, my substance, this is the body. It's not been formed yet. He says, my substance was not hid from thee 
when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Then he says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Did God know all about me before I was born? Did God know about what gender that I would be? Did God plan what gender I would be born into and I would be created? Of course he did. And I'd like to say something else this morning, and this might be a difficult subject, but I believe it's something that needs to be said, and that is that abortion is very, very, very wrong. It's very wrong. And if you're contemplating it, just read this psalm, these verses that we have read this morning. There may be all different kinds of reasons that people might try to bring to you and you may come up with in your mind, but I would say just go back and just read what the Word of God says. The Bible says here that my substance was not hid from thee. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. Even before this baby may have had abnormalities or whatever, God saw that baby in the womb, even before it was being created. All the members were written. They were copied down and fashioned when as yet there was none of them. God knew all about us before we were born. What a wonderful God. You know, that, makes, that must, should make us feel that we are important here this morning. Important in God's sight. We are important to God. And if we may not have another friend in this room this morning, I hope we have, but if we haven't, just know that you have a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who made you. And he loves you this morning. He loves you. You know, it's said that LGBT teens and young adults have one of the highest rates of suicide attempts. You know that? They have one of the, the highest suicide attempts because they feel possibly the discontent with who they are. They may not feel loved the way that they've been born, they may have received wrong teaching and discouragement as they've been growing up. And for some, it leads to the taking of their own lives because they don't see that they're, they're worthy in anybody's eyes. But we just read here this morning that they are important and worthy to God. Amen? Wonderful. Is it acceptable this morning for men and women to cross-dress? Because this is what I saw when I saw this man dressed as a woman. And this is basically what transgender uh, is teaching. Transgenderism is teaching. Just turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 22. Deuteronomy chapter 22. And you might say, well, this is the law. We're not under the law anymore. Well, I agree in uh, certain circumstances. But there are principles within the law 
that don't pass away. And they're carried on into the New Testament. And um, morality is one of them. Chapter 22 and verse 5, we read, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garments, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. And you might have many questions here this morning saying, well, what can I wear? What shall I wear, preacher? Well, I'll just say, go to the word of God and ask, ask God what God would have you to wear. Okay? Well, the Bible says that we're not to dress, especially um, for men to dress as women and for women to dress as men. There should be a difference. Amen? Well, I didn't hear many amens then. Amen? Amen. So next time you go into John Lewis's, please remember that verse. Okay? If you're taking your children in there. Okay? Why is there so much confusion in society? Just turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. And then I want you to turn to the next book, which is Hosea. Okay? I know Hosea is quite hard to find. But if you look for Daniel, then the next book will be Hosea. Chapter 4 and verse 6, and we're going to read here why there is so much confusion in society today about these issues. Verse 6 says, My people are, what? Destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge. Where do we get knowledge from? We get it from the Word of God. Well, the Bible says here that my people are destroyed because they have a lack of knowledge for the Word of God. And that's one of the reasons why there is so much confusion in our society today. Maybe one of the reasons is, is because we're not preaching it or teaching it behind the pulpit. And we need to, because it's an issue that is going to get more prevalent as the days go on. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, this is our next question. Does the Bible predict such ungodly events? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13 says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The reasons why people deceive is because they're deceived in the first place. And this is what this young man was doing in Warrington when he was buying his dinner. He was deceiving other people around him because he himself was deceived. And the Bible says that this is going to happen in the latter days. It's happening in our day. And it's a sign of the times. It's a sign that the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is soon. What does the future hold for people who are involved in transgenderism and such things, such like? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. And you might, not, you might say, well, this is not very loving, Steve, what you're preaching here this morning, especially this verse. Look, <laughs> this is not my teaching. This is the word of God. I'm just bringing out to you this morning what God's word is teaching. And if we don't tell people what the future holds for these kind of things, then we're not doing our jobs. Let's just read in verse 9, says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we need to pay attention to this verse because we want to enter into the kingdom of God, amen? 
Because if we don't enter into the kingdom of God, the Bible says there's only one other place, and it's a place that lasts for all eternity. It's called hell. And we don't want to go there. Jesus Christ died on the cross, the Bible says, so that we can avoid going there. The Bible says that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And he goes on to say, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Then he says, nor, what's the next word? Effeminate. Effeminate is basically people trying to act against their nature, like for a man to act like a woman. Okay? It's very descriptive, the King James Bible. I believe that word has been taken out of the modern Bibles, but it's there in ours. And it says, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, verse 10, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Is there any hope for people who are involved in this kind of behavior this morning? Yes, there is. There is hope. Praise God. For our God, he's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And he's a God who desires to set people free from addiction. And he will set anybody free. Just Let's just stay in this chapter, chapter 6. If you just turn to verse 11, and then Paul goes on to say, and such were some of you. Yes, these people that Paul was speaking to had actually been effeminate. They'd actually been involved uh, in drunken um, and, and, and revelers. They'd been idolaters and adulterers and such like. But they were also effeminate. And Paul says, and such were some of you. And then he says, but ye were washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And there were some people in this church in Corinth that had been set free from these addictions. Praise God. I would imagine that there may be someone here in this room. There's one behind the pulpit that was set free from some of these things that we just read. God sets People free, friends. And he breaks the chains that the devil has bound people in. He's a wonderful God this morning. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 says, let's just read it. It's about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from how much sin? All sin. There are people today who believe that people who are committing sodomy can never be forgiven. These are people who are standing behind pulpits. I don't believe that. I believe any sin can be forgiven while there is breath in that person's life. This is why we love to go to residential homes and we love to share the gospel with people who you may think are so far gone, but you just don't know. To share the living gospel with them because there is opportunity while there is breath in that body. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ's blood that he shed on that cross, he shed it for each sinner. The Bible says we've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. On judgment day, we won't be able to stand in front of God and say, I never committed that sin. He's worse than me. No. Sin is sin to God. But when we start saying sin is acceptable and teaching it in schools and through the government, 
We need to do something and we need to stop it. We need to pray against it and we need to preach against it. And we need to let people know that it's not acceptable to God. God doesn't want to condemn anybody. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We've had addictions in our lives here this morning. We can't point our finger at anybody. Anybody we can point our finger at is ourselves, but thank God we can look to Jesus this morning and say that he has died for my sins and forgiven me, and I've been cleansed. Forget the past. Live for today and for the future. And live for Jesus. Last question, what should my response be as a Christian in today's society? Let's just turn back to our reading this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 5. And this is the verse that we started off with. What should my response be as a Christian when, I am com- when I'm confronted with questions at work, in the home, with my children, with my friends? How should I react? How should I, what should I, what is my stand? Verse 20 says, Neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor. Tell them the truth. Don't hide behind a clothes. Don't hide behind some whatever, some group. Hide behind the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And he'll protect us if we stand for God's truth. We don't have a right to speak lies to anybody with our mouths or even with our lifestyle. We need to tell people the truth. Transgenderism this morning is a lie. It's immoral and it's discontentment. The Bible says, and be content with such things as ye have. Be content with who you are this morning. Whoever you may be, however discontent you may feel, believe the Bible. The Bible says be content with who you are. It also says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Be content with who you are, who God has made you. God loves you this morning. Don't listen to the lies. Listen to the truth. Amen? Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you this morning for the word of God. And Lord, we just thank you that there is truth amongst the multitude of lies in our society today. The Bible says that we need to trust, not in man, but we're to trust in the Lord. Psalm 118. Help us to do that. Help us to trust in your word. Help us to accept the person that you have made us. Thank you, dear Lord, that you have a great plan for our lives. We thank you for your wonderful salvation here this morning. And Lord, if there is one here who's never made a commitment to follow Jesus, we pray that they may do that today, that they may know the Savior, that they may know the one who said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, if we have trusted you, we pray that we may tell the truth, we may speak the truth, and we may live it as well. And help us to have mercy, Lord, upon those around us who are still living a lie. Help us to have mercy upon them, Lord. 
And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.